Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. Hello, everybody. I am your humble host, Handsome Gadgets. And once again, we have a special guest. This is none other than my daughter, Joy. Say hi, Joy. Hi. So, Joy, how has your week been? It's been really good. Yeah? Are you enjoying uh, the fall weather? Mm, yeah, I'm enjoying it, but I just don't like it that it's really cold outside. Yeah, did you have a good Halloween? Yes. Yeah? Hol- a really good Halloween. Yeah. Halloween was a couple days ago, right? Because today is November 3rd, 2019. Mm-hmm. We're in November. We're going to jump into the Thanksgiving season and go on into mm-hmm. Christmas, right? Yes. Do you like Christmas? Yes. And also on Christmas, we will be doing a special video. Right? I didn't tell you about that. I know, because I have been hearing you saying that we're going to do something about like Christmas. Like a... T- like a- like so you listen to me. Yep. Oh, okay. So the times I tell you to go brush your teeth, you hear me. Even from right here to outside, oh. I can still hear you. Good. That's good to know, Joy. <laughs> so what are we going to talk about this week? Do you know? Mm, I don't know. You don't know? So for those of you that are new to the podcast, I'd like to first say welcome. Uh, I hope you enjoy your stay. Um, basically, what we do is we focus on the top five articles, the top five uh, items that happened in tech this past week that I find interesting. Joy finds it interesting as well. Mm -hmm. And we hope that you would find it interesting as well. So without further ado, let's get into the first article. Okay. What do you say? Yes. Yes. All right. So the first article (laughs) that we're talking about today is coming to us from TheVerge.com. And we're going to talk about the AirPods Pro. This article says that the AirPods Pro teardown confirms that they're just as disposable as ever. Have you heard about the AirPods Pro, Joey? I think I've seen them on commercials, but I've never heard of them. Yeah, you just see them on commercials? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you saw them scrolling through uh, YouTube? Yeah. See people unboxing them and stuff? Like you. But you still haven't unboxed it yet. But we're talking about it in this video. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. I don't know if I'm going to get my hands on one because we don't have Apple products here. So, really, they're not that beneficial to us. But... But a lot of people out there, they have Apple products, and they want to know, is this safe for the environment? We're, we're caring for the environment. we got to protect our environment, right? we got to protect, protect God's home. Yes, God's home. God made it, and so we got to you know cherish it and, and take care of it, right? Mm-hmm. So for those of you watching the video podcast, you can see it uh, looks like an x-ray view of the AirPods Pro. Um, looks like inside their case where the AirPods Pro sit. All the gadgets and technology that's uh, built inside the case, as well as the AirPods Pro. And the article states that iFixit has completed a traditional teardown of Apple's latest AirPods. And just as Apple promised, it's bad news for repairs. (laughs) The organization awarded for the noise-canceling buds a big fat zero repairability score, noting that their non-modular glued-together design and lack of replacement parts makes repair both impractical and uneconomical. And that's the same score as both versions of the original AirPods. This means that once the battery in your $249 AirPods Pro uh, degrades and eventually dies, there's no chance of repairing them yourself. Instead, you'll have to send them back to Apple for recycling or to take part in the battery service program at a cost of $49 per earbud 
out of warranty. So, so right there. So Apple. Apple's a good company, but it just some some other uh, technology just doesn't work as good as like other technology. Well, it's not easy to repair, and I don't know if they do that on purpose or or what, but they don't want people messing around with their with their products. They only want their special uh, certified technicians to to work on them. They don't want you or me tearing them apart and fixing them, mm-hmm. which kind of sucks because it, because whenever you, we can fix it ourselves, it's always cheaper. Yeah, always. It just keep... takes time and some some effort. That's all it takes. And you really need to bring a lot of water because you might sweat a lot. If you're working hard, yeah, you're right. If you're sweating, like, oh my goodness, like, is this gonna break on me? Am mm-hmm. I gonna be able to fix it? Because when my dad goes to work, he like worries. He worries that. Something's gonna go wrong or something. I do. I never went to work. Well, I've, yeah. I've only seen the outside, but I have not seen the inside. Yeah, yeah. Work, work can get very stressful. Just like tearing apart these AirPods, and I fix it. What they do is they break down all new gadgets and stuff, and they give it a score to see how you know easily it can be repaired. And these got a zero. Even a knife can a knife chop off a uh, technology or no? Well, you gotta have a special knife. You gotta have special tools and special knives to uh, be able to to fix different products. Mm. So you need any, you need certain kinds of tools. Certain tools, special tools, yes. And you need to have the know-how of how to fix it, how to repair it. I'm sure that takes a lot of work to repair all of those technologies it it can take a lot of work and that's why they rated it a zero joy a zero so that's not good but let's continue on with the article so the teardown does reveal a couple of interesting details about the design of the earbuds first is the fact that they're a whole third heavier than the original airpods thanks to the new features like active noise cancellation and an inward facing microphone The teardown also notes that the one user replaceable part of the earbuds, the silicone ear tips, uses a custom design that makes them incompatible with third-party models. That said, the popularity of the AirPods all but guarantees other companies will be making third-party tips soon. Most intriguing is the discovery of a watch-style battery inside each earbud iFixit notes that it's similar battery to what's found in the Samsung Galaxy Buds, which are my favorite buds, which could be replaced. However, the same is not true of the AirPods Pro, whose battery is tethered by a soldered cable. So for those of you watching the podcast, we can see a picture of uh, some gentleman. Looks like he's tearing apart the uh, the buds. We see a picture of the battery right there. It's a... Uh, what is it? It's a 3.7 volt lithium ion battery. Little button battery. You see that, Joy? And I see it. Yeah. It's right in the middle. It's right in the middle. Which button batteries can be dangerous. Yes. We want to we warn our audience. Yes. Do not put those in your mouth, right? Yeah. Don't swallow them. We've seen, we've seen some shows of people, kids, dogs, have swallowed these button batteries. And what, what has happened? Die. They, yeah, if they don't catch it in time, if they don't pump it out, they die. So, forewarning everybody, don't put these in your mouth and don't swallow them. It's not good. You could die. You could die. Don't die on us. Continue to listen to the podcast, right, Joy? Yes. Don't die. Don't die. Please. (laughs) It's no surprise that the AirPods Pro are a disposable product designed to be as small and lightweight as possible. And compared to the amount of waste generated by the consumer electronics industry, the environmental impact of each AirPods Pro is likely to be low. But as Apple boasts about the amount of renewable energy its buildings use and the amount of recycled materials it uses in the products, it's a shame to see one of its biggest product successes in recent years remain so disposable. So what do you think about that, Joy? I really get some of this stuff. Yeah, I know. You're just, how old are you again? Six? Five? I'm six. Two? <laughs> I'm not two. Okay, six-year-old. Yeah, I know, Joy. It's it's tough. Yeah, I'm still learning, you know, and I hope that doing this podcast together, we can learn together. We can learn more about tech. 
more about tech, more about the things that I love, and maybe I'll pass the love and the adoration for tech to my children. Maybe. Because tech can help you sometimes. Tech can help you often. If it's used properly, if it's used for good. But speaking about using for good, I got another article, Joy. And I don't know how I feel about this. Have you seen the new Spider-Man movie? Yeah, but I don't think you've seen it. I've seen it. But remember, I saw it when I was on uh, on a business trip. And ah. I saw it. I had to, you, you guys weren't with me, so I saw it by myself. But then we rented it, and then you guys saw it. Remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you go to the movie theater, or did you just went to go buy it? I went, to the, I went to the movie theaters. So I saw the full experience with the speakers booming and the, the bass bumping and all that good stuff. I want to see that. Well, maybe next time, Joy. But that takes us to our next article because it, it kind of correlates with that movie. If anybody has seen it, maybe you'll understand what I'm talking about. And that is coming to us from Variety.com. And it's talking about how Nexus Studios plans to bring augmented reality to an entertainment venue. Do you know what augmented reality is? Well, do you remember in that Spider-Man movie where they had the, the, the big uh, boss villain, the water guy, and he came out of the water and he was smashing all the buildings and stuff? And You remember that? So that was like real life. Like you could see it happening. You can hear it happening, but it wasn't really happening. Yeah. It was fake. Yeah, it was like a fake thing. It was a fake thing. But they, they just try to make it look real. They make it look very real. And that's what they're doing here. So as long as they do it for good, it'll be all right. But like I said, technology can be used for good. It can be used for evil as well. So hopefully they don't they don't use it for evil. Yeah. We don't like evil. We like good. We like good, yes. And um, because money, you know, a lot of money is involved in this technology. A lot of money is involved in sports, um, in politics. And so, I don't know. In cars. Cars, a lot of things. And so to to have this technology, to be able to kind of fake it, but you you think it's real because you see it. You see it, you hear it, but it's fake. I, I've always knew that in every like movie. I know it, it looks real, but it's actually not. They're yeah. just trying to make it look real. As real as possible. So, when you, you want to check out the article? Yes. Alright, so this article, like I said, from Variety.com, says amusement park guests may soon be able to get personal tours from their favorite characters who will guide them from ride to ride with help of mobile augmented reality. AR technology, hopefully pointing out landmarks along the way. London and Los Angeles-based Nexus Studios have been working on incorporating AR into entertainment venues for the past two years. This month, Nexus launched a first public demonstration of its technology in Dallas, where it transformed the AT&T Stadium into a massive stage for local-based AR visualizations. So we got a video here, Joy. Well, I want to check it out. You want to check it out? Okay. Yeah. Let's check it out. You can only hear it. Huh? I can hear it, yeah. Oh, I know what they're doing. I know what they're doing. Oh. Wow. <laughs> I definitely know what they're doing. Definitely know what they're doing. I know what they're doing. Zig's eating it up. Let's go! Wow. I know what they're doing. I want. I know what they're doing to make that realistic. Wow, Joy. So, what do you think? That's cool. But I know what they're doing to make that realistic. Tell me, what are they doing to make it look so realistic? They're using a TV, and then they're trying to make it look really bright. Because it looks like it's real people. Mm. And then they make it look like a holograph. A holograph or maybe a hologram? Hologram. I think it's a hologram. Yeah, because they just get a big TV, and they don't show it. And then they just turn it on, and then... They, they like, 
you know, again, do you know what I'm saying or no? I mean, I get what you're saying. Um, I really don't know how they're doing this. I, we saw in the new Spider-Man movie, we saw how they were doing it. They were using drones in the new Spider-Man movie. Yeah. I don't know if they're doing using drones in this technology. They, they might be. I don't know. I don't think so. Well, I mean, maybe we continue with the article. Maybe, maybe it'll say. Maybe they use jetpacks and then they like use really strong jetpacks to make it look like they're going all the way up. <laughs> That's strong jetpacks, yeah. Really strong. Do you want to get on a jetpack? You want to fly in the sky? Fly like an eagle? Yes. Yeah? That'd be pretty cool, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so let's continue with the article, okay? Okay. So Nexus launched the football-themed experience in Dallas in partnership with Samsung and AT&T, along with help from location technology provider Scape Technologies. It allows users of Samsung's 5G-ready phones to stream huge holograms, oh, holograms, Joy, Knew it. of Dallas Cowboys players, take mm-hmm. AR selfies with their idols, access live AR stats and scoreboards during the game, and even play an AR game that has cowboy players facing off against robots during halftime. Mm-hmm. And they can sometimes be using robots. And then they just like paint it to make sure it looks realistic. They could be just using that, or they could be using holograms. Well, it says they're using holograms. I knew it. I knew it. So, so, you, so you, what did you say? Holo- hologram. No, I said hologram. You said... Holograph or something like that. I don't know. You said something else, but you, but but I understood what you were saying, Joy, because I understand you, Joy. Yeah. I I, I comprehend you, Joy. <laughs> <laughs> so the article says that AR overlays and filters aren't new. Consumers have been playing with Pokemon Go and other AR games for years. However, Nexus Studios didn't just want it to be a Dallas Cowboys hologram to appear anywhere in the stadium. Instead, it wanted to make sure that the virtual players would scale up correctly, stay within the playing field, and actually interact with objects. This is a quote from them. We want AR characters or objects to oculate behind balconies, doors, or rooftops. We want AR to know the physical dimensions of the real world. We want 80-foot football players to jump and touch the Jumbotron, explained Nexus Studios head of XR and Interactive Arts, Luke Ritchie, in a recent blog post. To achieve this, the stadium had to be scanned and rebuilt as a virtual model. Using Scape's visual positioning system, Nexus was able to recognize the positions of each and every visitor of the stadium and their relation to other objects around them a key to enabling the experience developed with Samsung and AT&T. However, Nexus didn't want to be a one-off project. We are trying to make the entire venue AR-ready, co-founder and executive creative director Chris O'Reilly told Variety. We know a lot of details of the building. Those details could, in the future, be used for other AR experiences, playing out in the same venue, or perhaps, at one point, Consumers will be able to pick and choose between multiple AR information layers to customize their stadium visit. To facilitate that process, Nexus built its own platform for location-based augmented reality experience, dubbed Gilda. The platform can be used as a variety of positioning technologies to fill stadiums, theme parks, or other public venues with AR experiences, explained O'Reilly. Different locations will need different visual positioning systems, he said. Various venues may also be able to tap into different technologies to get AR to their visitors. In the case of AT&T Stadium, Nexus relied on the carrier's nascent 5G network to stream holograms in real time to capable handsets. This not only helped to show the photorealistic imagery of the players without forcing users to download any data, it also solved the latency bottleneck that users often experience at crowded venues, said O'Reilly. This was real-world test of 5G. What remains is another challenge altogether. How could you get consumers to embrace the AR beyond the face filters and Pokemon Go? O'Reilly argued that the stadiums and public venues could play a key role in advancing the use of this technology. People are already taking photos, O'Reilly said, and with the camera already open, it's easy to imagine adding AR information layers, be it at football scoreboards or an iconic theme park character, guiding you away to the next ride. 
you will get over a user behavior bump. So, what do you think, Joy? What are your final thoughts on this this <laughs> this technology that that's rolling out? Like it's here. The future is here, Joy. They're just faking it. But what if it gets so real that you cannot tell between reality and augmented reality? I would just think it was real for my whole life until I know. What what's that saying, Joy? I don't know if you know that saying. It says uh Trust only half the things you see or something like that. Have you heard about that saying? Trust half the things you see and none of what you hear. Oh, I, I, I hear that on some movies. You, you th yeah, so, something like that. So what if it, I mean, right now you can definitely tell it's, you know, it, it's, it's animated. It's not a not real, real, real person. Yeah, you can definitely tell, but, but the technology is there for it to get better and better. And this is just the beginning. We live in crazy times, Joy. Yeah. So get ready, Joy. Crazy towns, crazy times. Crazy towns and crazy times. It's cool. Like I said, it's really cool, but, you know, the future is here, Joy. The future is here. Oh, you. So speaking about the future, let's talk about the past. So before you were born, Joy, way before you were born, when I was a teenager... There was a phone that Motorola made. That was a flip phone, right? And it was called the Razor. The Razor flip phone. And back then, everybody who's anybody had this Razor flip phone. It was such a popular phone. The problem with it, though, is that, you know how razors are really thin and sharp? Yes. That's how the phone was built. It's built very, very thin. So a lot of people, they ended up breaking their phones. And, but when they broke it, they just got another one. You broke it. You broke it, and now you want to get another one. They're gonna break it, and they're gonna get another one. Because everybody had to have this phone. Well, come to find out, Joy. Let's gonna lead this to our next article. The Motorola Razor could be back, Joy, for 2019. Oh my goodness, that's a cool phone. <laughs> it could be back, Joy. Everything is old. There's nothing new under the sun, Joy. Everything that that's already been done. It's, has been done. It has been done. Everything that, that you think is new is actually old. You know, it's it's just all it just all cycles through joy. Just all all the trends, all the the things that you would um, think are brand new, they're not. They're just kind of recycled. Yeah. They're, 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 the shows. When you, when you go when you go there and when you see it, you think you. All right. Yeah. I forgot. I forgot. So, yeah, a lot of these old shows that I saw as a kid, they're now, they're repeating them. They're creating a new show. The same show, but they're creating them for, for you as a kid. It's, it's the same thing, Joy. And that's... They're just creating... They're just recycling. Okay. Recycling old ideas and trying to make them new. That's all. So, this article is coming to us from Engadget.com. And it says that Motorola's folding display Razor leaks in its first official looking images. So first impressions from Joy is it looks pretty cool, right? And it does. It does look pretty cool. It looks very. It can break very easily. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's breakable. Yeah, but it does look like the the razor phone that that I had when I was a kid, I when I was I a teenager. I really want to feel that. It it look it looks like it feels like sharp, and I want to feel the texture what it has. It's. I think it's gonna be an all touchscreen phone so so the 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 screen is going to be it's going to be a plastic screen so it's going to be able to fold it's not going to be glass so it can flip that's cool so let's check out the article joy okay? okay so the leaker evan blass has shared what looks like as our first official look at motorola's upcoming foldable display razor phone in contrast to the fan rendered motorola used to tease the phone back in may the image Blast shared appears to be an official marketing image. Unsurprisingly, the device looks a lot like the original Razer, complete with a thick bottom lip. Thanks to the flip phone factor of the device, it looks... What? It looks like a Razer right there from that picture. The sharp end and then that long strained. Well, I think that's the idea, Joy. <laughs> but can I continue with the article? Yes. Okay. So unsurprisingly, the device looks a lot like the original Razer, 
complete with a thick bottom lip. Thanks to the flip phone factor of this device, it looks like the front-facing camera will allow you to take both selfies and regular shots by folding out the display. There's also what appears to be a front-facing fingerprint sensor on the chin. Moments after Blast shared this photo of the Razer, Dutch website, whatever that's called, <laughs> posted an additional image of the phone as well as specs. The phone will reportedly feature a Snapdragon 710 processor alongside either 4GB of RAM and 128GB of internal storage or 6GB of RAM and 256GB of internal storage. The website says that the phone also includes a modest 2730 mAh battery. That's a lot of battery. Well, that's a lot of battery for when I was a teenager, but nowadays that's small. But if it's a small screen, and if it's not that powerful of a screen, not so that. So like if it's like a small screen, that means you know it's going to like die quickly. No, that means it won't uh, use as much battery. So, I mean, it's going to be a small phone, so you can't fit such a big battery in such a small phone. Mm -hmm. It's just not the way it works. You're going to get small batteries. Small batteries. Away. Small batteries, small phones. So, we'll see. I mean, if, if this does come out, if, this rumor, if the rumors are true, uh, and that's what it comes with, we'll see how it acts in the real world. Anyway, Joyce, let's continue on. <laughs> While it's best to treat any spec leak skeptically, you may want to be even more skeptical of this one. Qualcomm 700 series chips have mostly been seen in Chinese market. And to our knowledge, no U.S. carrier has sold a phone with a Snapdragon 710. For a phone that's reportedly supposed to be a Verizon exclusive, it will be a strange choice. There is always a chance that the European model may ship with a different processor to the Verizon's unit, just as Samsung's flagship's phones often do. Motorola will likely officially announce the new Razer phone on November 13th. Hey, that's around the corner, Joy. When the company hosts a press event in Los Angeles, the company hasn't exactly hid the fact that it plans to bring back the Razer. When it sent the invites to the event, Moto said that it will feature a highly anticipated unveiling of the reinvented icon so it looks like we're gonna get we're gonna get to see what this phone's all about here in uh 10 days oh. so get your popcorn ready joy get your drinks get get gatorade ready get, get your gatorade ready joy because on the third because get your snacks because on the 13th we're gonna unbox this well we're gonna be able to see exactly if the rumors are true and then they and might be lying it, that's why it's rumors, Joy. That's why they're rumors. But you know what's not a rumor? What? It's what Google's doing. It's not a rumor. Or what they did. Does Google have a lot of money or do they have a little bit of money? What do you think, Joy? Not too much. You don't think they have a lot of money? Wait, I think they have a lot of <laughs> They're one of the biggest companies in the world. I think, I think Amazon is probably the biggest biggest if i'm not mistaken but google's definitely in the top five guess what google used their money for i know what to make the like google's yes they did that but they but they bought something they bought something pretty big what is it that brings us to our next article joy google is buying fitbit so fitbit is a is a tracking it's kind of like a they have smartwatches, they have tracking devices to, to, for your steps, for your heart rate, uh, for your sleep. It tracks all this information, right? To give you a better understanding of how, how healthy you are, in a sense. And Google bought them. Do you know how much they bought them for? Mm, I, think, I know. What is it? How much? $150. Mm, I think a little bit more than one hundred fifty dollars. Okay. okay. But let's check out the article. A hundred and sixty. Uh, I think more than that too. <laughs> one hundred and seventy. I I think I think we're gonna take a little while to get to the point where they actually. One thousand dollars. A lot more joy. So, but one thousand four hundred. But let's check out the article. Okay. All right, joy. So this article is coming to us from theverge.com. It's another article. One of my favorite publications is theverge.com. If you guys are into tech. Definitely go check them out. 
So yeah, so this article is stating that Google is buying Fitbit. Now what? That's a weird name. Yeah, a little bit, huh? So Google is buying Fitbit, and the reasons why are both simple and complicated. It's the kind of big acquisition Google has done before. More money than YouTube, less than Nest or DoubleClick. But this one seems to have struck a particular nerve. My Twitter replies are currently filled with Fitbit customers promising to go buy an Apple Watch right now. Whatever happens in the immediate aftermath, Google is going to have a big new team, a big new set of wary users, and a lot of big organizational issues to figure out. In the short term, Google is clearly aware that Fitbit customers are going to be a little spooked. The company was sure... Yeah, spook. The company was sure to note that it will give the users the choice to renew, move, or delete their data in an announcement post. Whether that will calm everybody down is a different matter. But let's start answering the big, seemingly simple question. Why did Google want to buy Fitbit? Uh, I think Bizarre has, Bizarre has good company and good, good, good stuff on it. Could be. But let's see what... This is this is another speculation, Joy. So that, I don't know if this is one hundred percent why, but uh, but this is what they're saying. Why do, why did Google want to buy Fitbit? So it's easy to overthink this one. In fact, I engaged in that kind of overthinking on Tuesday when the acquisition was only a rumor. The general reasoning is this: Google has a serious hole when it comes to wearables, and it hasn't been able to develop its own way out of it. So it needs to buy its way out. Fitbit is the best, some might say the only, available company that could fit the bill. Mm, I knew it. So they, have a gap, so they have a gap in their company, and so they have all this money. So they're like, well, why start a new company? We'll just buy this company also, who's already so proven they, it. So they already have a company, but then they wanted to make another company with all more money. Yeah, they, they bought the company. They said, hey, come join us. And so, yeah. That's what they did. So in short, Google wants to build smartwatch and fitness band hardware, and Fitbit helps them to do that more quickly. Bada bing, bada boom. Simple, but not that simple. Is Google buying Fitbit to try and to shore up Wear OS? Simple, but not that simple. Is Google buying Fitbit to try to shore up Wear OS mini issues? I think what could Fitbit... I think I think Google's buying it because so I can make it into uh like put it into his company and make one just like that and put it into his company. Well, it's like um, it's like in the ocean, you know, you have the little fish and, and the then you, have, you have the big fish, right? And the big fish, what do they do? Eat the other fish. Eat the other fish. Eat the smaller fish. That's a Google. Fish? Google's a big fish, and they're eating the small fish. Little fish. So then the small fish now becomes part of the big fish, right? And then it gets bigger whenever it eats. You're right. You are correct. And that's what Google's doing here. So what could Fitbit provide that Wear OS really needs? You can spin yourself around the band worrying about it, and eventually Google will have to do just that. But in the short term, I think Google's reasoning really is what it says. Hardware chief Rock Orlston wants to be able to make wearables inside Google's hardware division. So he bought himself a wearables company uh, for $2.1 billion. So that's a few more than $100, dollars $1,000. Oh, that's how much this company is. They bought the company for $2.1 billion. That's a lot of change. It says right there, $2.1 billion. $2.1 billion. Correct, Joy. That's a lot of money. So, but Google, they actually, uh, they purchased Fossil, the Fossil watches, for $40 million. But it didn't end up going into Google's hardware vision. Google, like all tech giants, has bought a lot of companies. But unlike other tech giants, Google has had some high-profile acquisition fiascos. In fact, Rick Osterloh uh, himself was a collateral damage in one of the early masses. Google bought Motorola, squandered every opportunity it had with it, and eventually spun the whole thing off to Lenovo. 
Ostrolov was the president of Motorola and lived throughout the mess, only to come back years later to lead Google's new unified hardware division. So he definitely knows a thing or two about Google mucking up a big consumer electronics acquisition. That might be why things seem to be going so smoothly for the HTC team, which Google bought in 2017. From the outside, the group is running on all cylinders and is knocking out phones. The team was completely in charge of the well-regarded Pixel 3a and now the Pixel 4. They just want to make more money and more money. Well, that's business, Joy. That's business. That's just kind of how it works. What was that, Joy? Just they just like um, they're gonna make more money, money because they can pay it in their business. And just like you, you need to pay off all those bills. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Mama can pay off all the bills. Huh? Mm. Sometimes, but it's mostly you. Huh? Yeah, it's mostly me. It's mostly me. That, that's why we're doing this podcast. We're trying to pay some bills. We're trying to trying to get some tech, Joy. Make more pay money. Some bills. Make more money, yeah. Because uh, we can get more tech and get into more stuff. And have more fun. You gotta work smarter than harder. And do you think do you think Google is working smarter, or they or you think they're working harder? Harder. When when they when they purchased Fitbit. Harder. You think they're working it. harder? Well, I guess time will tell, right, Joy? Mm-hmm. We'll see if this acquisition is actually you know worth every penny, two point one billion dollars. Maybe we can get our hands into one of the Fitbits. Like technology. Maybe we can, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever tried a Fitbit, but maybe, I don't know, Christmas is coming. Maybe Black Friday. Maybe they'll have some good deals on some Fitbits who are coming mm-hmm. up. So maybe, yeah. Maybe an Amazon, maybe on Walmart.com. Maybe. Maybe in Target. Probably in Target, yeah. And Best Buy. Best Buy, definitely in Best Buy. A lot of technology places, then they might have some of these Fitbit products. Correct. And I know, Joy, I know we talked about uh, the Motorola Razer phone, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about that in the previous article. But let's talk about the Razer company. It's not Motorola. Motorola is the company and Razer's the phone, right? They're making a lot of stuff named Razer. I, yeah. Well, this is actually a company named Razer. So it's a little different. So you want to check out what this company's coming out with? You don't sound too excited, Joy. This is going to be our fifth article. Actually, yes. Yeah? Yes. All right, Joy. Now I'm telling you. Now you're excited. So, once again, we got another article from TheVerge.com. And this article... That looks like a mini lollipop. Those little headphones that look like mini lollipops. That's what they look like. You think so? Like, like what are these? Dumb, dum-dums? <laughs> like your dum-dums? <laughs> That's what they look like. Yeah. I think I think they look like AirPods, like Apple's AirPods. But it looks a little bit shorter than this, a little bit smaller. Yeah. So it's like you're sticking a dum dum in your ear. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't <laughs> I think it's not gonna fit. I don't think it works the same way. But this article is talking about Razer's first truly wireless earbuds that aim to fix gaming audio lag on Android. So do you know what audio lag is? I think mm. I, I think I asked Faith about this. Faith didn't know what what lag was. Maybe it was you. I don't remember. You don't know what it is. No, I don't know what it is. Then Faith must know. So what lag is is whenever you you got some wireless headphones on, oh. and <gasps> and you're watching a movie, you're playing a game, and you hear sounds, you see people, you know, talking this, that, and the other. Lag is is when you're able to see it and hear it. So you're. We I. If, so if, the, so if there's lag, if there's audio lag, then that means your mouth is moving like on the video, but the audio is not coming out of the speakers. I think we talked at the about, same time. I think we talked about this in one of our videos. I think so. I think so. I I, I just forget if it was you or Faith. I, but but I that's think, I that's think it was me because, but at first I did not remember, but now I remember. Now you remember, and that's what uh, Razor's trying to do for games. Games are real high like intense speed, yeah, like like really fast graphics, um, high intensive audio, and there's always been somewhat of a lag uh, for Android devices. But Razer's trying to fix I that. I don't know Android is because it's hard. 
it's hard to manufacture uh, any product for Android because there's so many different Android devices. It's a lot easier to take the easy way out and manufacture it only for Apple because there's only a couple different Apple devices that they have to they have to work with. So so first off, Joy, what do you think about the design? I know we talked about them being looking like uh, dum dums, but do you like the design of the earbuds from uh, on this little model right here? Yeah, it does kind of look like a dum dum, but it looks it's just like black and it has a little bit of green and then like a dot. And that's their logo. So the Razer logo is, I think, three snakes. Here's what it is. Wait, I, I can think I can see it. I can see it. You see it? Yeah. Yeah. So the article says that one of the worst things about using wireless headphones while gaming on an Android phone is the latency. Whether the fault lies with the OS or the manufacturing or both, I found that most headphones, even expensive ones like the Sony WH 1000X M3s aren't able to keep up with what's on the screen. It's infuriating and it's a situation that Razer's $99 Hammerhead truly wireless earbuds aim to take on. 99 bucks, Joy, that's not bad. 99 bucks? Yeah, not bad at all. So these truly wireless earbuds, which Razer announced today, have a minuscule 60 milliseconds latency once gaming mode is enabled via a dedicated app for iOS or Android. The results should align what you're hearing with what's on the screen. Razer claims that its earbuds utilize a customized version of Bluetooth 5.0 to allow this feature to work and to preserve the audio quality and battery life in the low latency mode. To turn it on, just tap it three times on the earbud. At a press briefing, I got to try out the Hammerhead True Wireless Earbuds, and the low latency mode seems to work at times while falling out of step at other times. My time with the earbuds was brief, and the press room was loud, so I wasn't able to place a final judgment on the quality of these features or the sound quality in general until I have more time with them. So we got a picture of the case right here, Joy. Uh, here we got the Hammerhead Earbuds. That's a nice background. Yeah, the color's really nice, huh? The blue and the purple. And there's a little bit of white. A little bit of white, a little bit of shine to it. And yeah, it's a nice nice photo, huh? Kind of holographic. A nice photo to uh, to sell these, right? Would you buy these? Have you got 100 bucks? 100 That would be more than enough. You just have $1 left. You're right. <laughs> you have $100 and these are $90. You have $1 left. You're right. If you spend it. Then you have one dollar left. Mm-hmm. So would you buy them? No. Only if I had like a thousand dollars. You you would you would want to buy like some LOL surprises and some candy and some <laughs> maybe a Switch game. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Especially an LOL surprise, man. Especially game. an LOL surprise, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know you, Joy. So the Hammerhead My True Wireless. My dad knows me very well. Yeah, I know you too. <laughs> so the Hammerhead True Wireless are somewhat similar in design to the AirPods, which is what I said, Joy, in that they don't rely on ear tips to fit in your ears, though they include a few silicone sleeves to help you find a better fit. Once you pop them in and out of the case, which charges via USB-C, I like that, they rest in your ears. This is great from a usability standpoint. But it's not so great if you're looking for a set of wireless earbuds that can block out external noise. If that's the case, something like the AirPods Pro might be a better choice. The Hammerhead True Wireless offers an IPX4 water resistance and three hours of use per charge. The included case offers four recharges, totaling 12 hours of battery life. This is on the low end of life expectancies per charge compared to other competing models. Basic tasks like changing the song, picking up calls, or activating your preferred voice assistant are handled with touch controls on the earbuds. If you want to adjust the volume, you'll need to do it from your phone. The $99 price tag seems fair for what's being offered, but these earbuds might have a tough time standing out in the crowd if the gaming mode doesn't make a huge difference when you're gaming on an Android phone. We will test them more out to find out if the low latency mode makes or breaks these earbuds. The Razer Hammerhead True Wireless Earbuds are available now on Razer.com. So any final thoughts on uh, 
these razor earbuds, Joy? They're tiny, but they look really cool. You know, I wonder if um, I wonder if the the razor logo. I wonder if it glows from the earbuds. What do you think? Maybe they put like a logos. Maybe they make them other technology and they put that same logo on the technology. Especially white technology. If you put that logo on there, that will look awesome. It would. It would stand out, huh? The green. Mm-hmm. And and the reason why I say that is because a lot of their uh, a lot of their laptops and other other like their other um, gaming headphones like it'll light up like the symbol will light up. Whenever so, you turn it on. But I I think that would be cool, uh, especially you know at night you know see them light light up uh, in your ear. But you know these are small batteries. They, you know these are small devices, so they got small batteries. So they'll, they'll so th- that would that would drain it pretty quickly. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, that's cool that um, some cases they can whenever you put them in there it can charge that's what the cases are for to recharge the earbuds but you have to plug it into something and well you still gotta charge you gotta charge the case and then the case charges the earbuds that's how these are working but some of them you don't gotta charge and then they're already charged and then you just open it put them in there no wait until they're all done open it get them on and done and you're good to go I like those um, cases that you uh, like have those uh, like remember like uh, where you put them in there and then they have magnets. You like magnets too? Yes. Yeah, you like the magnets? <laughs> yeah, you are my daughter. Magnets are cool. That, that's huh. cool that they, that they can stick on to like glass or something. Wait, what? Oh, they can stick on the plastic. Metal. Oh, metal. <laughs> I don't think magnets work on glass or plastic. But maybe in the future. I don't know, Joy. Maybe you'll invent a magnet that is magnetized to glass or plastic. Maybe in the future. Maybe these are like a different a different company, but they were the same like name. Maybe. It could change. It could. So do you want to go to a bonus article or are you done, Joy? Is it time for your nap? No. No? So so what do you want to do? You want to do a bonus article or do you want to you want to call it quits for today? For this week? Another article. Another article. Another article, people. You heard it first. Joy wants to do another article, so let's talk about another article. Yeah. Let's talk about something that we've been talking about the past several weeks. Uh, but we've been getting more and more information about it. It's been released. It's out in the wild. And it's not good news. It's not good news at all. But you, we need to talk about it's, it. It's kind of like the Tesla one. Because never go Tesla. You guys heard that. Whenever you guys hear that, you... Wait, did, did you post that video? I posted it. Yay! So you guys watch that video if you guys did not watch it. Or listen to the podcast, right? Because it's both. Yeah. It's a video podcast and audio podcast. Sometimes you guys can just tap on it and then you're just listen to it. Mm Mm-hmm. You're right. So let's get into this article, Joy. And we're talking about... We're talking about the Google Pixel 4 once again, Joy. It looks like it has three cameras, but it actually has two. You're right. It does. But the problem with the Google Pixel 4 is it's slow. You pay $1,000 for this phone, right? What? You pay, yes, Joy, I said it. $1,000 for this phone, and the phone's not performing as fast as you. That would like spend all your money. Mm-hmm. That, that's the bad thing about this. <gasps> no, never, ever, 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 ever getting that. That. Dad, please do not get that. Please, you are going to spend all your money on just that. But it's so slow, and you're going to spend all your don't money. Don't worry. Don't don't worry, Joy. Don't worry, Joy. I, I'm not getting it. Good. So this article is coming to us from notebookcheck.net. And the title of the article is Oh So Slow, Google Pixel 4 XL Shown to Be a Laggy Mess. Google's Pixel phones are marketed 
and widely regarded as the purest, smoothest Android devices in the world. As such, it's a tad amusing when these devices are found wanting in that regard. Both the Pixel 2 and Pixel 3 were slammed for performance issues and the Pixel 4 is now followed suit. In a tweet by the founder of Android Police, a Pixel 4 XL was shown being a complete laggy mess, taking over 5 seconds to open the settings app. Opening Spotify posed similar problems as the phone took awfully long time to load up the app's home screen. In juxtaposition, the OnePlus 7 Pro beside it opened the same apps much faster, highlighting the issues on the Pixel. See, you want to check out that video that they're talking about, Joy? Yes. All right, let's click on it. Pixel 4 XL on the left, OnePlus 7 Pro on the right. This is embarrassing. Oh, man. Okay, let's try our settings. Oh, man. Oh, that's the... the um... That's the Pixel right on the left, and then the OnePlus on the right. That... What's happening here? Oh, no. That took entirely too long. Wow. That is now, OnePlus so... One Pro. Instant. Oh, no. Well, it's good for the OnePlus. Which, which I told you, Joy, that I want. Where's close Spotify? Uh, I'm getting them for you. I'm getting you the OnePlus. I'm not giving you that horrible guy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this is a brand new phone, Joy. <laughs> what is happening here? Too loud. Oh, no. Too slow. Oh man, Joy, oh, that, that's embarrassing. Like, like if somebody, if somebody, it was like a game. No, if they had to lower the game, that would take like slow. I I don't understand why Google has not made better phones. They, I don't understand. Why? I don't understand Google? why. So, they make excellent cameras for their phones, but... Phones? Uh, I don't think so. So, any final thoughts on on the lag on the Pixel 4 XL? Slow. You get a slow thumbs down. Slow thumbs down, Joy. Sad, slow thumbs down. <gasps> that is just sad. You need gooder technology. Yes, We'll leave on that note. You need gooder technology, right? <laughs> so once again, I would like to reiterate what I said at the beginning. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for checking out this podcast. And if you want to check out any more of my content, you can go to youtube.com slash handsome gadgets. That's handsome gadgets. Or, you know, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter with the handle handsome gadgets, of course. But that about wraps up this podcast. So until next week, thank you and have a good one. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.